Accessible Podcast, episode 245, I'm told by the wonderful and reliable Will Will William Elmer. Um, His thick, reliable emails. It's a comics podcast, despite the first 20 seconds or 10 seconds that you've just heard. It's a comic book podcast put on by the premier comic shop in the Pacific Northwest, the premier pop culture hub of Bellingham, Washington. It's that because Roman Statler works there, and we're all just small fish hanging out under the great guild arm of the shark that is Roman Sharkler. Is it pronounced Bellingham? I thought it was Bellingham. Oh, it's that too. It's Bellingham. Um, It's a great time. We have a lot of fun. We love comics. And more than that, we love each other. Three boys, no shirts, all podcasts. I'm Jeff. I'm Ambushbug. God Ah. damn it, Roman. (laughs) Stepped on you. Yeah, I'm Roman. I can't say anything else now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. We're going to be talking about some comics this week. But before we get into our... No, we're going to talk about Catwoman. Lonely City, number one. Thor, number 18. Refrigerator full of he adds number one batman catwoman number eight and the death of dr strange number two and then we're gonna do what you know we're gonna do bug shots we're gonna spend a minute and a half each talking about stuff that maybe not everybody read stuff that we read stuff that we liked i read the halloween issue of fantastic four having not read the last like 12 issues because i saw trick-or-treating on the cover and i love a holiday issue but before we get into that (laughs) my wonderful friends i'll slow it down and read a wonderful email from William Elmer. Happy episode 245 with just five episodes left to go until episode 250 are very little comics with 245 issues to talk about and very little comics. I thought it would be more interesting to talk about an issue number five. More specifically, Superman Son of Kal-El number five written by one Tom Taylor, an issue that has yet to come out but somehow I seem to already know what happens in it. With Tom Taylor doing a fantastic job with John Kent, Superman, Nightwing, as well as his successful run on All New Wolverine, he is slowly becoming a specialist on writing about the lives of children growing out of their parent shadow, which leads me to my question of the week. What are your favorite super children stories and why? Is there anyone that has done it as well as Tom Taylor is doing it now? Thanks for being awesome. P.S. We took our kids to the corn maze today and I thought... I taught them how our newly acquired maze escaping skill of always going right, and it worked well. <laughs> okay, super children stories. Okay, I got one. Django, get it. What do you got? Keith Giffen's kid ambush bug is my oh, favorite. Okay, okay. Roman knows. Um. Okay. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I would say that the Nightwing graduating out of the Nightwing shadow bit of the Batman Dick Grayson storyline is great. Yeah, that's kind of an arc and an era, but I would point to that, which is something that uh, Will and I have talked about a couple of times on our Ted Lasbro's podcast. Um, I would also say just Damien's journey throughout Grant Morrison's Batman run is pretty great. And then for whatever reason, the first one that actually came to mind is Sweet Tooth. I guess mm-hmm. not necessarily dealing as much with the shadow of somebody else, but like powered youth or a unique youth dealing with growing up in a way that's like a fictional apocalyptic world that that I, I really like that story. And it, it kind of falls into that category to me. Young Avengers by Gillen. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I, just, I only read kid yeah. books, books about children if they're written by Jeff Lemire or Tom Taylor. So uh, everything by Jeff Lemire and Tom Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Young Avengers by Gillen and McKelvey, I think is a very good kind of growing up adolescent story. And it does deal with a lot with like kids and their parents shadows. Roman, what about yeah. you? Um, <clears throat> That made me think of uh, the last, the last, probably the original run of Runaways and the mm. the last run that just wrapped up um, a couple months ago. 
Um, but I was also thinking of Peter Tomasi's Super Sons mm-hmm. series, because that's still like my favorite John Kent characterization before he got aged up out in outer space. Man, Grandpa. we really we really had a terrible if you liked adolescent kids in within the same year, Dan Slott aged up the Fantastic Four kids and then <laughs> Brian Bendis aged up, you know, John Kent. What a bummer for both of those. I read Fantastic Four this week and I was like, oh, right. Franklin and Valeria are like teenagers now. That sucks. Yeah. And then Franklin's kind of just a teenage abrasive dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway comics we love them did you guys watch little kenny no no it's th- two or three minute cartoons of the letter kenny kids like the the adults in letter kenny in grade school and uh it's hilarious jeff you have a new bob dylan poster behind you i showed you it last week i didn't see that last week yeah you did i went out of my ha- oh. room and i unruled it rolled it but... yeah i guess i didn't see it framed no i got a frame for it that's very nice it is it's that blood on the tracks era bob dylan yeah yeah it's the uh, one who talks like this. They all kind of talk like that. Um, okay, guys, let's get into this comic book. It's a comic book show. Catwoman Lonely City came out this week. A new DC black label book. Everything done by Cliff Chang. Written, drawn, colored, and lettered by <laughs> Cliff Chang, which is basically everything. Uh, in a nutshell, I would pitch this as like Catwoman Dark Knight Returns. I, I, think, I think that's pretty apt. apt. It also has, I don't know if you noticed... Oh, echoes of year one in it. Oh, I'm sure it does, Django. I'm sure that it does. The way she walks down the street with her hands in her pockets is just like Bruce going out for the first time. And I realize that sounds insane, but I think that it's an homage. Django, that does sound insane. It It's it's the same fucking shot. I know it is. I didn't compare them, but I know it's the same. Are you talking about the shot of like the five horizontal panels like uh, right here, Django? That's like all kind of blue and her. Walking. Yeah, it's it, yeah. it's it's in there. It's also like the very first page in the oh, okay. comic. Yeah. OK, um, and it just looks a lot like Bruce. I, I can't. Never mind. Fuck you. Shut up. <laughs> it's a stupid <laughs> comics podcast run by stupid people who say stupid things. Um, if you're listening, we're grateful for you because as we all grow more and more senile with each passing day, it's nice to know that we're not alone and have an excuse to be with one another. And we're happy that you're here. Also, Cliff Chang, really awesome artist, did the art in Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman run at the beginning of the New 52. Um I, never had I seen them write and draw something before. You did Paper Girls? Yep, yep. Sorry, right. Art and Paper Girls. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I I thought the writing was great. Um, it's basically Catwoman after getting out of prison. She's been there for ten years. It's seemingly maybe after Bruce has died, and she seems responsible for it. The mm-hmm. world is sort of aware that Bruce was Batman. Two Face is a mayor, and she doesn't trust any of it. And also, Gotham doesn't seem so bad. No, Gotham seems. Have you guys noticed we're <laughs> getting a lot Bruce. of these? A lot of these conversations. Like everyone has done that thing forever. That's like, why don't you just spend your money on making the city a better place, Batman, instead of being Batman? But we're getting a lot of books about it right now. I guess we've yeah. got sort of like an anti-capitalist bent in the world right now, which is very good because fuck capitalism. But also, yeah. Um, but it does seem like it's manifesting in a lot of Batman comics. I want capitalism in my goddamn comic books. If I can't be a successful (laughs) capitalist, I want to read about him. (laughs) It's interesting that apparently Bruce left it in his will that that in the event that he was killed, his money would go to help social programs and things in Gotham City. (laughs) Only if I die, though. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice point. Okay, yeah, I'm one of the 1%. I'm having fun, but okay, if I get killed, then all my money is going to go to social. Yeah. 
I thought this was a beautiful comic. I thought that the the scene where we see her with Bruce in his last moments it mm-hmm. was really super well done. It's a little bit hard for me to separate Batman and, and Catwoman stories from the love story that Tom King has been writing I'd for a hundred issues. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think this did a pretty good job of of taking her out of the context of Batman other than that, those couple of pages. And uh, the the visual storytelling in this was just super, super good. Tough taking out of the context of that Tom King run, especially when it came out on the same week as Batman Catwoman, which deals with like an older Catwoman, you know, as yeah. well. Yeah, and I stupidly read them like one after the other. I did that too. I like, I I just, when I get my comics, I get, you know, like the first book I read was Bat- or Catwoman Lonely City. And I was like, I love DC Comics. What's my next? Ooh, Nightwing. Oh, Batman Cat. Like I just, I need to do, maybe put some effort into separating them. Yeah. And I, and I like, it's black label. So, you know, whatever version of Batman mythos this is in, but it's in a version where Barbara Gordon never recut, never you know, got out of the wheel wheelchair and became Batgirl mm-hmm. again. Um, and all the and her family's dead. Roman, uh, the coffee shop that Catwoman goes to, Selena goes to, is called Captain Cold Brew. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't funny. even. Yeah, that is. I didn't even notice that. What I think I, that it. Sorry, Roman. Oh, I just. I another little DC in joke. I like that Ma Hunkle's in here and owns a bar. And, yeah, and she was. She was the original. Well. Another version of Ma Hunkle was the original Golden Age Red Tornado. Oh, nice. Yeah. The, uh, she, she didn't have any powers. She just like put on long johns and a, and a bucket on her head and beat up bad guys in the neighborhood. I, uh, I think that it did a really great job of just conveying exactly like the title, like Lonely Catwoman, like put away mm-hmm. for 10 years and then coming out and the world has changed and just dealing with in the same way that like Dark Knight Returns kind of looked at Bruce dawning into retirement, coming out of retirement, like just this the weird fallout of the addiction of finding purpose in your life by being a superhero. And then when that time in your life passes you by what you deal with the fallout, like, I don't know, I just I really I liked the loneliness. I liked that her cat stayed around for her. And you just had this feeling that like, oh, that's like the only person that's you're not coming out to anything, you know, you're Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of people who've moved on. And I love that she is one of the younger of her villain peers. So like Penguin is just old. Yeah. You know, and um, Harvey Dent has like a full half white head of hair. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I the, the age thing in here was really interesting because when you when you look at modern Batman or like current era Batman of any era, they're all about the same age. Mm hmm. But when people start getting older, uh, 15 year difference can can be a big, big, big difference, um, kind of like when they're younger. And and so having that kind of showcased in here was really interesting. And I, bet- I really like the way that the the bat bat police. Mm-hmm. I believe this way more than I believe what's going on in the Batman run right now. Like the future state yeah. way that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like this one a lot. Yeah. Um, these these bat cops are Harvey Dent's bat cops are. Yeah, they are way more convincing than. Than the magistrate i really like the way they talk about age in this too because in like batman catwoman you know she's still pretty much doing her catwoman thing and in this you know every time she jumps down a rooftop or something she's like oh my knees and and i identify (laughs) yeah i identify with that you know i can't jump that chain at at work anymore (laughs) cliff chang is 47 years old roman he's you're catching up to him yeah he gets it yeah yeah (laughs) um i've got two things first of all i said yeah about your ma hunkle 
comment as if I knew what you were talking about, but I want to make it clear. I didn't know who that was. <laughs> second, I uh, just got to come clean about that. Um, second, uh, Killer Croc is adorable in this. He's got that King Shark and the most recent Suicide Squad movie vibe to him, and it's adorable, and he's look, he just looks like a Tony Soprano in his 70s. You know, if yeah. I haven't watched the end of Sopranos, but I've heard that maybe he doesn't make it. I don't know. King yeah, Shark. Yeah, I love his face, and he's got that he's got that classic uh, cap with the stripe down the center. It's just it's good. Yeah, yeah, I I like this book a lot. It wasn't my highest score of the week, but it it blew me away. Um, I think the color palette's gorgeous. The Cliff Changness of it, all of it is awesome, and he very uh, deft storytelling for someone who mm-hmm. I haven't read their writing before. Like the art and the story worked really well together. I give it a nine point oh. I'm going to give it a 9.5. I think a, uh, an ambush bug would have pushed it up to a 10, but mm. a nine and a half is going to be my score on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I gave it a nine. I really liked it. I love it's going out a great cover. All those days. Catwoman's er, Catwoman eras all stuck in her shadow there behind like current should be retired. Catwoman's great. Um, a different cover. It's also very good. Yeah, uh-huh. the other cover is very good as well. I have another email here. It's from Nathan Butcher. It's a little bit confusing. I haven't read it yet because I like to approach these things from the same vantage that the two of you do. I, but I've read the first sentence and I'm a little confused. Nathan Butcher here. Zebra, banana, percolator, brick, bean burrito, key shy glasses, hat, foreskin, football, monkey, armpit, strawberry, light bulb, purple For pants, the podcast, Skittles. Nathan Butcher. Ha ha. No, I'm just kidding. Wait, for the podcast from Nathan Butcher. Ha, no, I'm just kidding. I wrote this myself because he's doing it as me. Ha, no, I'm just kidding. I wrote this myself, but I was acting like Nathan wrote it so I could read it during the email segment. I do love the guy's fantasy football team, though. It's way better than mine. Anyway, I'm very good at podcasting. I have great energy and an excellent vocabulary and can wield it in a very Griffin McElroy-esque manner. What's wild is that being good at podcasting might not even be my premier trait I'm bringing to the table here. I'm so darn giving of my time to others, and I know that's a big deal. Oh, God, I'm getting uncomfortable. When I listen, that was actually me. When I listen to people and give them the time of day, it really makes them feel heard and enriches their lives. Ultimately, that makes me a better podcaster, too. Figured this would be a good time to get that off my chest since I wouldn't otherwise be willing to utter the words. I will see you then, or I will see you on another time, Jeff Figley. Who's that from? (laughs) I guess it was from me. It was from Nathan Butcher. Wow. Um, I I hope that he knows how absolutely uncomfortable that made me because it felt very congratulatory. Next thing um, you know, he's going to give you a birthday present. <laughs> um, I love that. Maybe that was my birthday present. Not that I have a birthday coming up. Let's talk <laughs> briefly, not even briefly. Let's really get into it. Sorry. I just I guess I feel like I just took all that time to um, pat yourself myself. on the balls. Yeah, I feel bad about it. Um, oh, <laughs> Oh, my buddies. Okay. All right. All right, Jeff, Nathan. You Jeff, really threw me off guard there. Four number 18 you by are Donnie. so Kim. giving of your time. Mm-hmm. And you need to you need to admit it. Mm-hmm. You need to roll around in it for a minute. Just, it, feels, it feels real when Nathan says it, but it feels like you're tracking me when you say it. Take, so. take 45 seconds and roll around in your I think sense. I just took like a minute and a half. Um, by Donnie that, Kate, Pascal Nathan, Ferry, and Bob Quinn did the art in ambush. this Thor as well. Bug, ambush bug. Um, this was out of nowhere. Well, I, not out of nowhere, because this Thor run by Donny Cates has Asgard. been. <laughs> oh, you strong-chested man. Um, loved this Thor run so far. But a thing that has been really on, kind of increasingly on the forefront of my comic reviews and comic tastes over the last year and a half of comic book podcasting 
um, has been my openness <laughs> about my love of animals and my sadness for seeing animals hurt. And if you're into animal comics, shucks, howdy. Thor 18 um, is really setting the table. Roman, would you tell us a little bit about this? Sure. Let's talk about Thor. Um, and Throg. Throg. Yeah, I mean, it's still in the storyline where uh, Mjolnir's been having problems, not not doing what Thor wants it to. And he's determined that it, that's because he's a king now. So he just does, he just, his duties and responsibilities are no, no longer that of a warrior. And the hammer's like, well, I'm, I'm a weapon, I'm a warrior's weapon. So it starts malfunctioning. Um, and he's gone to Loki for help, which... I mean, I know Loki's like everybody's favorite anti-hero now and all that, but I still don't understand all these decades. Why does Thor trust Loki ever? <laughs> I did really like the line in this where he goes to Loki and he has this prepared speech for him. And he, Loki's like, you don't trust me. And then like, yeah. he's like, but you should go to this other person. He tells him to go to Throg. And Thor gives the fa- the same speech with the same stutters <laughs> and the same smile. You're like, oh, you were manipulating him too, you bad actor. Yeah, and Loki even realizes at one point that, hey, you're well played, Thor. <laughs> yeah. And that was good. I had forgotten that there's a current Throg because the original Thor frog was Thor transformed into a frog. Oh. And now there's this guy who I forgot about who was, it says on the first page, is Simon w- Walterson, which is, you know, Walter, Walter Simonson, Simonson created, yeah. created the Thor frog. Um, so now I don't know what this guy's origin is, but he's a frog with the power of Thor. And to Thor goes to him because he wants to solve the mystery of where his missing hammer is gone that was in Avengers Tower. And Throg is like, oh, yes, I will assemble a team to fa- solve this mystery, but I'm going to need several other members of my team. And he goes and he gathers Lockjaw so he can travel. He gathers Lockheed because it's good to have a dragon on your team. And then he goes and he gets the dog from the Doctor Strange <laughs> book, Bats, who's like Bats. a big old St. Bernard. It's like the cutest dog in the entire fucking nope. world. No, no, not St. Bernard. He's a beagle. Is he? Thank you. Is he beagle? I, yeah, I don't know. Beagle. Dog reads very well. Oh, yeah. St. Bernard is a Beethoven. Yeah. Yeah. Those That's are those big whole dogs. Team? And and Hugin and Mugen. Uh, oh, Thor's, the, the Ravens no, from okay. Odin. I get it. No humanoid representation. No. So at the this end, it garbage. says, and you will know us as Avengers. And it's just a big glory shot of frogs <laughs> and dragons and dogs and birds. And they're Avengers. And it is so awesome. And the way that Throg speaks like and he's like i can't do this and thor was like no you need to you need to assemble a team and he's like i already did two days ago i've just been waiting for you like he's so intelligent i just like whatever tone that the, i don't know obviously because i haven't read this throg before or throg before but this is there's a there's a tone and there's a direction of this character's voice and i really like the throg and I love that he gathered a bunch of animals. It is so awesome. And he's uh, his character. I think his characterization is is just based on Walt Simonson writing Thor as a frog. Because I remember those is- that issue issues were it was so great because it was just this silly little frog. But he had Thor's gravitas, and and Throg has it here. And I love the way the artist uh, Pascal Ferry and Bob Quinn, the way they draw Throgs expressions because he a lot of panels he looks like you know a, a, a funny like disney frog yep but he's speaking you know so commandingly and and forcefully it's just it's great but he's got a little bit of a smile a disney frog <laughs> smile yeah oh it's it's really charming dr strange opened the door how can i help you is there trouble have you i'm sorry steven 
I did not come for you. I was wondering, is Bats home? Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> just this like, this frog talking to humans, gathering their animals to like, solve a mystery. Oh, it's right up Jeff's alley. Couldn't, like this Thor run has been phenomenal and, and frog nominal. And it just, uh, <laughs> it just upped itself in a real good way and a very different way with this issue. I and almost Donnie's thought- nearing the end, right? I hope not. Is he? I hope, yeah. He finished hope his not. Venom. Hmm. I, Sorry, I was waiting. I cut you off. No, I was just going to say I was I was I was waiting for Jeff to say that the the story was riveting. Oh, <laughs> you hairy chested beast, you! And this um, te- well, not yeah. quite this team, but there were a couple of uh, miniseries a few years ago, the Pet Avengers, which was basically this team except bats and the ravens weren't there i think i think it was some other bats is my animals bats is my like i really love that dog yeah and i love the fact that lockjaws i mean the two best marvel dogs oh what what voice do you well we'll talk about this later but i'm i'm curious what voice you hear in your head for bats but we we don't have to talk about we'll talk about that next time we run into him (laughs) um yeah, I gave Thor 18 a 9.5. It was pretty close to perfect for me. Um, a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. The art, I, th- I think the Bob Quinn stuff was real good. The Pascal Ferry, I think, was kind of the earlier stuff, and it was a little bit messy. But Oh, okay. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, I gave it uh, I gave it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I might get, you know, I think I'm going to actually bump that up to a 9, flipping yeah. through this again. Plus, it's always the gimmick in these issues of Thor and Donny Cates' run. Uh Hugin and Munin, Odin's Ravens, now Thor's Ravens, they're the ones that answer the letters in the letters page. Mm. <laughs> and it's great because they're arguing with each other and, and you know, praising the letter writers and Thor. It's one of those, that's two of those words that I've never, I've Hugin only read, I've never heard out loud. I, I thought it was hugging and mugging. Hugging and mugging, me too. The body language for <laughs> that's bats. That's their theme song. When the frog shows up, just like the ghost dog body language is so good. He's just like, oh, he's just so, so pretty. Love it. Um, Jenglin Roman, talk to me a little bit about Refrigerator Full of Heads from Rio, Yars, Tom Fowler, and Bill Crabtree. Different creative team from Basket Full of Heads. Very similar name. I went into this with really low expectations um, because I don't. you, You did too? Yeah, as did I, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like we've got we've got the Joe Hill doing the first one, which was amazing, and the art in the first one was great. I don't remember who did it, but it was wonderful. And I went into this, and about three or four pages in, I was like, nope, this is also also really pretty freaking good. Um, it's got more to do with uh, the the mystical artifacts, like the first series, uh, basket full of heads, and they do the the story does end up on Brody Island in maine which is where the first series took place and uh it it follows a couple who it turns out are are there on the island to in order to try to find the uh the axe from the first series and uh we get some pretty great jaws bits in here too uh thanks to the axe yeah yeah that was a lot of fun i mean i loved well brody island which it's got to be named after Brody from Jaws. I don't think yep. there is an actual Brody Island. Yep. But, but you know, I love all the little things you get along that coast, like the bar they go to that they're warned to stay out of is the Essex, you know, after the, the whale ship access, Essex and that disaster. Um, this surprised me because, yeah, I thought it was just going to be another, you know, different creative team doing another story where people have got the axe, but they introduce the whole, you know, another ancient weapon that also has a curse on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that. <clears throat> That surprised me. That was a nice little new thing. There's a mystery about these 
symbols, um, a good, a good uh, device that the new the new weapon does with yep. people it kills. Yep. Yeah, I I thought it was surprisingly well done, and uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't be super surprised because Joe Hill doesn't seem to throw his properties away. Mm. You know, if if someone takes over or if someone's involved in something that he's overseeing, it seems to have a, a good amount of quality to it. Uh, yeah, I yeah I think if if anybody liked Basketful of Heads, I think this is a really solid follow up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Though I have to ask, Jingle, there's oh, there's no page numbers in here. Um, hmm. One, two, three, hmm. four, one, five, two, three. On the sixth page of the story, okay, um, top of the page, there's a big blam. Somebody getting shot. Mm-hmm. The third panel after that, the chucka 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 chucka. Yeah, what sound effect. That? Yeah, what? I I it's, don't understand what was causing that sound. It's machine guns, right? Oh, is that what that was? I okay. was also thinking maybe it was sawing. Or That's stabbing? what I was thinking. Some kind of like uh, uh, leaf, leaf, not leaf cutter, leaf blower. What's, what's that thing that they in Fargo where they feed the bodies into? Wood chipper. Wood, Wood chipper. chipper. I was thinking it was that kind of sound, not machine guns, but it must be machine guns because, yeah, they only I, have guns. My vote goes to machine guns because the panel after the lady's shot, we see a smoking gun. And the next panel is the other ski masked bad guys with machine guns. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. I, I but it also stall me out a little bit. I did not finish Basketful of Heads. I made it probably only like a third of the way through that one, and I read this, and I think that I don't think that you need to have read Basketful of Heads no. to enjoy this book. No. Um, and I did really like <laughs> the art in it. It's got that just like what I remember about that first one having, which just like really good kind of like late eighties, early nineties romp movie. Like mm-hmm. you know, just like yeah, obviously the Jaws stuff here, Roman. I know you and I were both thinking about this must be Django's favorite book of the week because sharks are his favorite animal. <laughs> yes. I think sharks will remain my favorite animal until the day that I actually sit down and watch Jaws. Have you never seen Jaws? What? Never seen all of Jaws. Oh, my God. Huh. This is like wow. the time that everyone made fun of me for not watching Raiders of the Lost Ark for like four years. Maybe we should watch Jaws. Maybe we should all watch Jaws. Do I have yeah. to call you daddy when you make me watch Jaws? No, but it was so weird when we finally went and saw Raiders of the Lost Ark together that you made me call you daddy the whole time. <laughs> Just another day at the office, I guess. <laughs> uh, what were your scores on the old uh, ice box full of heads? I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. I think it would have been an eight and a half if Ambush Bug had been in it, though. <laughs> um, eight point five. My favorite part of this gag is the scowl Jeff gives me every time I say it—an Ambush Bug joke. I did. I, I just. I just looked down to see my score. Prove. Prove it. The You're listeners right. have no idea, but I how have the video, you get, the you video export, so I'll be able to look at it. Um, I'm going to give this one a seven point five. I think it's pretty well done. I don't know if I'll stick with it though. I like. I think it's really good at being kind of a action horror romp, and I don't know that that's for sure my genre, but I did. I think it's well done. What would you have given it if AB had been in it? Antonio Brown, AJ ambush Brown, ba- a- ambush oh. Banderas, um, ambush, ambush. Ambush Bug, uh, he would have added a degree of levity to the whole thing that I would have liked. As long as he was also wearing a Frankie Says Relax shirt, um, I would have given it an eight. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Bug is worth 0.5, Roman. Consistently 0.5 is what Ambush Bug is worth. I don't know if you're going to take that or not. I was ready to not At least, yeah. make any push to talk about Batman Catwoman this week because you. it's another, <laughs> in my mind, great issue of a great series, but I also have a, an amount of like biased baggage coming in here, which is that I love Mask of the Phantasm, which is in a, you know, 
a portion of what this is based on a little bit. Um, I'm a Tom King apologist and I like multi time frame <laughs> narratives. And um, I didn't have a necessarily a ton of new stuff to say about it. Although I do, I do really like the Liam Sharp art a lot in this. Yeah. So the, uh, what did you guys I think? I think he used his styles amazingly. In this. Yeah, he did the like kind of Sienkiewicz stuff at times. Yeah. Um, I liked it. What do you think, Roman? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It, maybe even a little bit more than previous issue, just because I, I, I didn't get confused in this issue. <laughs> nice. That was what kind of hit me the previous issue or maybe two, I don't know there, within the recent history. I kind of like an issue was like, okay, I, I understand this, like the three timelines at play and the, for the first like four or five issues, I think it was, it took an amount of effort to like figure out the cues. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I felt it was more evident. What I was curious about is the front and back cover. If anyone's looking at the a covers, the back is the same image, but like a different image. It's a different Batman in a different costume standing the exact same way with the shadows in the same spot, but like a different back shadow. I'm just curious if anybody made anything out of that. Yeah, is that past Batman? It looks like past Batman to me. Hmm. Yeah, except he's got a bat shadow of maybe another bat behind him. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, like there's uh, a metaphor or something there that I don't fully get. I will tell you guys that uh, it takes about two days for me to get one of these goddamn Christmas songs out of my head after I read one of these issues. I know it's that killing me. That's probably harder on you than it is for me. I I remember pointing out when the first issue came out, it was around Christmas time, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm excited for this whole thing to be Christmas." And every issue has been framed around a Christmas song. I like that it's going to finish <laughs> probably a little bit after Christmas. Um, yeah, I, I love that device, but obviously I'm a huge holiday head, so Okay. Yeah, see I don't read the uh I don't read the Christmas lyrics. I do. I think it's so well paced. Like between the lyric boxes and then the speaking between it and the way that it's timed, like the way that he divides up song bubbles with speech bubbles, it feels like it's a really well ingrained conversation mm. with background music. Like I, I think that it's paced and broken up better than most um songs in the background presented with speech bubbles so if you weren't if you're not li- reading the songs listening to the songs in here roman was the joker's figgy pudding joke well no i guess i should qualify that i don't like the very first panel of this issue it's nothing but songs i just i just skimmed over those because i saw oh yeah it's that song i know that song jeff put the christmas album on but yeah if it <laughs> if it comes in the middle of of predominantly dialogue then i pay attention to it and i, I always do, assumed yeah. figgy pudding was just pudding made out of figs I think it might be like a British pudding, which is which are all gross. (laughs) I would love to have them. I haven't really had them, but they are generally more cake like than the American idea of what pudding is. Yeah. Um, Though I don't like American pudding either. So I do. Oh, Roman, I do, baby. (laughs) Like like a good pudding. Um, I, I, I liked this issue a whole lot. I've loved this series. I loved the really fucked up stuff about how. I don't know if it was Catwoman or Joker's will, but there's a whole tree adorned with Joker's torn up body at the end as an old mm-hmm. man. Um, yeah. I had one moment in here, though, where the Phantasm was speaking and I was like, "Ooh, that doesn't sound like the Phantasm. Um, maybe but it that's, wasn't. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the Phantasm, but it just didn't feel in line with kind of the voice of the Phantasm as presented in Mask of the Phantasm. But also we can allow characters to change. So we've been kind of going forward reading this, thinking that it was what Tom King some some version of of Tom King wrapping up his Batman Catwoman story, mm-hmm. right? Or at least I have. This issue 
made me think that he's taking her much harder in the direction that he took Adam Strange. Catwoman or the fan? Catwoman. Catwoman, because like she beats the fuck out of Batman in this. She kills the Joker early on. We're led to believe that she is friends, maybe even romantic with the Joker. And then she maybe is the one who dismembered the Joker and ha- hangs him on a tree. It seems almost like we're we're kind of going down the path that I went down anyway with um, Adam Strange, where I was like, well, maybe the next issue will, will tell us why everything seems so weird and violent and horrible for this character that I like. Well, maybe the next issue. And then all of a sudden it was over and Adam Strange was a fucking monster asshole and dead. And I, I kind of wonder if... Uh, if Tom King has some naughty pictures of somebody at Warner Brothers to get away with this kind of shit. Because <laughs> I think it's great. It's just super not what we get out of mainstream comics, which is like sympathetic characters being pretty bad. Yeah, I I mean, there's one particular line in here where she's like, well, you fuck me and then you fight me and you fuck me and you fight me. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, that's like, you know, I, I am grateful for the Black Label imprint to be able to get dialogue like that. It really humanizes these heroes. I also totally understand the idea of keeping heroes heroes. But, you know, if so much of the core of what this Batman Catwoman story is, is like the relationship between human beings, these two human beings, I think being able to present them as human beings is pretty important. So mm-hmm. I like that he's doing that. Um, I yeah, I I still kind of reject the notion that they were Joker and Catwoman were romantic partners, but I definitely think they're kind of like presenting it as if maybe they were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, she, I, she tells that guy who's on the bridge, relax, your kids are already dead. Like he thinks his kids are still alive and she's like, no, nah, they're dead. Yeah, she's definitely uh, um, not sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> That guy, I thought that was Jim Gordon. Was that Gordon? I, that's what I thought. I didn't I mean, think it was I mean, maybe Gordon, not. but it definitely does kind of look like him. The red hair and everything. And yeah, I can't remember in this story is Barbara gone. He calls him Sir. Batman calls him Sir. And I think Barbara was in a different issue, but maybe not. Maybe she was. Maybe it's not Gordon. Maybe I'm confusing it with <laughs> with uh, the other Bat book we already talked about. Right. We other in the future old stuff. But yeah, yeah I... Uh, I love it. And I love the direction the art took in the final like quarter. Like it got very Sienkiewicz like, but then it also leaned very slightly into his like digital look without overly, you know, like the shots of Dick Grayson's face and, and some um, super cartoony, like Kyle Bakery thing, Baker looking stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I love it. I can't wait to read it all together. I, the framing device of this with them showing up at the house of these parents and they had a child that went missing that is maybe indicating that Phantasm stole their child and the child that she lost was not actually her own child. I, I, that part, I don't know exactly. I had to go back and kind of look at it to try and understand what was going on. And I don't fully have an answer, but um, yeah, I gave it a 9.0, my dear friends. I really liked the, I mean, the the centerpiece of the issue, Batman, Catwoman and Batman's uh, argument and chase through the rooftops. I, I loved the way that was paced, everything, the dialogue how Catwoman ends it by Batman underestimating her, her slamming him into the side of the, the rooftop. <laughs> and and did you guys know that there's a panel, again, a comic with no page numbers. Um, there's a panel where she, she slaps Batman and it's it's a riff on that classic Silver yeah. Age panel where Batman, Batman slaps, slaps Robin. Robin. Yeah, yeah. I right, totally, fuck you guys. It's exactly the same yeah, It is, positioning. totally, yeah. It is fuck exactly the same. 
If I can, if I, if if Roman can reference memes, <laughs> dude, I I knew I'm it was that a gold, thing as a well. Silver Age comic. <laughs> yeah, I I I knew exactly what Roman. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree with you, Roman. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud just because I didn't expect that in the center of this story. Right. Yeah. Um, what was your score for it? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I gave it a nine. I give it a nine too. Oh, wow. Only one thing could have made it better for me. Throg ambush bug ambush throg mm. throggush throg ambush bats. Now, before we get to our beer here, we got to talk a little bit about the death of Doctor Strange number two, which is the fifth book in our lineup before beer here, where bats um, becomes the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh my God! What a book, <laughs> Roman! I need you to write that. I'll edit it for you as a person who loves animals. Um, Django, you mentioned really liking this book. Will you get into it for me a little bit? You old detective hound smelly buns. It was the nipples on the end of tentacles shooting lasers. I get it. Yeah, I saw this as well. <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought I thought this was great. I, I, I was really impressed with uh, the way Jed McKay deals with Doctor Strange from an earlier time speaking differently and other characters noticing that. Um, I, I love his costume. I really like the idea that Doctor Strange just plucked himself out for a week yeah (laughs) in order to put his affairs in order i i I thought that's a genius way to do that yeah last time i compared it to like voldemort and horcruxes but i think this is way cooler which is just that like i'm sacrificing a week of my life to save a fragment of myself in time to be pulled out if needed but it will only live for a week like that is really cool yeah yeah it's a a very doctor who type of yeah it is little bit (laughs) it's super cool and it it puts a ticking clock on the story right yeah. which, which i think is, it needed yeah yeah um i don't know enough about what's going on with dr strange right now so uh when his wife shows up i didn't know that was his wife me neither i thought that the the character design for the bad uh the mothers, the mothers is great <laughs> yeah the mothers the mother and and the, just like the general confusion of this doctor strange when he's talking to the avengers and captain america and stuff like what oh i guess I guess maybe I'm friends with Captain America now. Yeah, we got to go get a hold of the Sorcerer Supreme. Where the hell is the? You don't have a Sorcerer Supreme? Oh, we're fucked. Yeah, I I, I think for me it was it was the grossness of the, the bad woman. guys. Yeah, it, like even when they're first coming through the portal, like they came through the portal in a weird way where we see a hand and then we just see all what looks like guts spilling out on the ground. Yeah, and I puzzled over that and puzzled over that. And then on the page turn, we get all three of them standing there. And I was like, oh, that that's perfect. And that's super gross. That's like your Tetsuo halfway into his transformation. Still haven't finished that. But yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So so the, the the mundane dialogue and the gross bad guys are, are what made me really like this. Yeah, I and the costume. Yeah, I am not like I don't read all the way through Doctor Strange comics. I check in with pretty much all of them that come out, but they, they seldom maintain my interest enough. But I thought this was, I just did a great job of making me interested and want to read it and like it and introduce some new characters and balance some, you know, mythos stuff of Doctor Strange, but also make the barrier to entry for that really low. I was really impressed with that. If you are like me and you are not a Doctor Strange professional, I think that this miniseries is pretty awesome and i also think when you look at a title like the death of dr strange it just screams contrived marvel event yeah and this isn't that like it's it's not like dr strange is dead like dr strange is so far the main character this and he's written really well in an interesting way and we're getting some fun 
kind of time hopping stuff with it. So I, I think I think it's pretty great. Roman, as as a Doctor Strange aficionado, are you enjoying this? I am. I am. I'm always glad to see a, a Doctor Strange story where Clea is involved again. Is that, that, is that her wife? His wife? Um, yeah, and she's from the Dark Dimension. I think she's Dormammu's daughter. Oh. Remember, right? Um, but yeah, back in the day, you know, they Strange met her in that dimension, and she was reading the Rebellion and everything, and she came to Earth. Kind of, kind of fell in love with Doctor Strange and him, Kinda. you know, vice versa. But he, she also wanted to study the mystic arts under him, and then they became lovers. And then all eventually it ended, and she went back home. Um, but it, it is really cool. I, I didn't expect that. That, like Django said, that we'd have the, we get to have a Doctor Strange story with a, a a very small snippet of classic, like year one Doctor Strange, kind of leading the way, and all these little differences. Well, and even like the threat that the Avengers see doesn't seem to be a threat, right? Like it opens on these extra dimensional characters landing in sparsely populated parts of the world mm. and the Avengers are freaking out about it. And then we find out that they're just kind of hanging out like they're they're on yeah. the run. They're not here to take over or anything. These these three mothers are. Um, do we know them, Roman? I think those are new characters for this series. Agamon, Umar, and Tiburo. Oh well, those. Oh no, the that's the that's the other guys. Yeah, those characters are all previously like Steve Ditko, Doctor Strange characters. The word, the crown, the crawling. Yeah, those are new. <laughs> I like them. Yeah, I think Jed McKay. He's he's on his way to being another one of those great uh, newer current Marvel writers. That's like just a huge fan of classic yeah. Marvel. I totally yeah. agree. He's he's been doing other stuff that's been going kind of under the radar for a while. Um, yeah. But yeah. you've mentioned his name a good number of times. Yeah, Do you think I've... they're going to move the cocaine budget over from Donny Cates to Jed McKay at some point? <laughs> Roman called Ooh, the shot of Al <laughs> Ewing like Babe Ruth two years in advance. So I, I trust <laughs> Roman's ability to to see g- good creators down the line. So I've been liking his uh, run on Catwoman or Catwoman. Black Jeez, Cat, Black right? Cat. Yeah, yeah. Black Cat. Save it for the buckshot, motherfucker. <laughs> Whoa. Y'all didn't Sorry, just I'm see that guy's time. face, but he was like jowls <laughs> flapping in the wind like Orson Welles on a motorcycle. <laughs> um, okay, all right. So I think it's time to move to our brickshot portion of the parody. I want to give Dr. Strange a score. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're right. right. Yeah. Eight. Oh. I was going to go eight as well. I have it written on my paper. I also gave it an eight. Ambush Bug couldn't even be in it. It's a different universe, guys. So yeah. get off my he, nuts. He can pop into any universe he wants. Who wants to go first on the beer? Dirt? Ambush Bug does. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> Django's going. Starting the clock in five. Comics. I didn't four, read any comics this week. Three, oh, shit. two, oh, one, go. All right, I'm going to lead my buckshot with Gun Honey number two. It was a good book. Uh, really steamy, 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 steamy sex scene. Fomini? That was like Fomini. 20% of your book shot. Yeah, I mean, it was worth it. The sweat's <laughs> in the wrong place, but the, the scene is really good. I also read Batman Secret Files, Fear State, Peacekeeper. And yet again, <laughs> these Secret Files are better than the Batman book. Um, this follows Peacekeeper, gives us a little bit of history. I shouldn't say it's better than the Batman book because I haven't actually been reading much of the Batman book. So I don't know how much of this is recap and how much of it is new, but it was all new to me. And... Really well done. Lots of uh, lots of father issues and, you know, bad cops and guns, which is something I always, 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 always enjoy. Um, I also really, really liked Eat the Rich number three. It just 
keeps kind of surprising me with the direction that the story's going and uh, the, the way that they're telling it. Um, that's that's become one of the things that I look for in a comic or a movie or a TV show is if they can tell the story in a way that I don't expect um, extra points and that they certainly have been. And then uh, I want to give uh, a shout out to the new Reckless book. Mm. Um, kill, destroy, all kill, monsters. destroy All Monsters. I haven't finished it halfway through and it's wonderful like the rest cool i'm excited to read that one yeah yeah it's, oh it's good. nice book shots Django. hey you got any questions about those no uh, i i you know i won't talk about eat the rich in my buckshot and i'll mention that i agree i think that it i agree with everything you said it in the same way that i like ted lasso for just being like never kind of going the way that i predict it's gonna go mm -hmm. um i like this one there's a yeah there's like a her whole like there's like a weird sexual overtone for her, like giving into the meat eating thing in this, that it's like weirdly yeah. grossly erotic. Um, I think it's a really good book. Um, Jeff, you got a minute and a half, go. I read Superman, Son of Kal-El number four, Tom Taylor. I think that while this is not the issue that everyone's excited about, because that's number five, I do think this is going to be historically the most sought after issue of this series because it, what is happening in it, it was announced after orders for this were committed. So everyone is looking for number four, but all stores will have enough number fives, I think. Um, <laughs> I think it's good. I will say it's probably my least favorite of the Tom Taylor books coming out. I do think it's good. I don't love the art, but I do really like John in it. And there's some great stuff between him and Wally in this issue that I really like. Uh, it's, 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 it's a great book. It's Tom Taylor. Uh, a Tom Taylor book that's great. In addition to that, Nightwing, Fear State, 85. This one's really, really good. The highlight of this is just the relationship between Barbara and Dick is highlighted in here. And they have a great kiss in this. And I love uh, Dick and Barbara. Love that relationship. I read Fantastic Four number 37 by Dan Slott because it was a Halloween cover. And there's trick-or-treating in it. And it's it was really good. There's like just some great family moments. It really focuses, focuses around the thing and Alicia uh, having adopted these two kids. And I don't really know much about that. It seems like it's been happening in this series. But there's some very heartwarming stuff between thing and the boy and i i really really like that and also halloween love that trial of magento number three leah williams love the work didn't love this issue um this seemed like a real filler it seems like an artist chain there was a bunch of kaiju in it it just seemed like this huge pit stop on the series it had nothing to do with anything i question why it was there i wish it hadn't been didn't love it that's a nice alarm. I like that. I stuff. like this new timer a lot. It's it's much better I, than the other one. Yeah. I did like the, I mean, though I love Kaiju, I agree about that trial Magento, except I did like the last couple pages because there's something going on with Wanda with the crone and the maiden and the, and the, oh, the mother. And, and while the I don't mother. know those names that you just dropped, I did like the, the issue wasn't bad. There was a good framing device, which is still dealing with this, like what has happened with Wanda yeah. on the other side of death and magic. And I like that. It's just that like 80% of it is like a kaiju are on the island. Let's fight these kaiju. And you're like, this isn't even kind of related to anything we've seen so <laughs> yeah. far. In this <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just meaning the um, part of the mystery, whatever's going on with Wanda, the, the crone, the mother and the maiden are the like the three aspects of of Hecate and oh. and, and and witches. There's always those mm -hmm. triumvirate kind of like there's the oh I don't know the Jesus God yeah, yeah 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 Holy Spirit thing, and that seems to be what they're doing. Something is happening there with Wanda because you've got the maiden is like young 
Wanda and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and the crone has showed up in this issue and the mother is current Wanda. Oh, um, I want to talk to you about that with our shirts off in person sometime because that's <laughs> that's cool. That's a cool sort of like historical magic approach to this that I, I wasn't yeah. picking up on that at all. So that's awesome. I really don't like the word giving crone. you like feedback or pointers. Oh yeah, no, on, I, I respond podcast, to it poorly. Yeah, <laughs> you do. But I, I this this has <laughs> been do. bothering me since the end of your yeah, yeah. my soliloquy. I'm a little bit disappointed that you didn't talk about Nubia and the Amazons um, mm. because Leah Williams has some work in there, and I know you're huh. a big fan of her work. Big fan of the work. Didn't see the name on the title. I wonder if Roman will talk about that in his buckshot, which is about to start here in five. I was four, planning to three, two, one. Gophers. Well, you know, this uh, Nubia and the Amazons, number one, which, are you sure, Django? I don't, it's Stephanie Williams. I get my Williams confused. I'm a fan see, of the work. Though. I don't Steph, see Leo Williams. Well, Steph anyway. very good. Sister. Any, Leah's sister. <laughs> anyway, this comic, I, you know, I'm glad to see Nubia back and they're acknowledging her, her origin, which, you know, she came out of the Well of Souls at the same time Princess Diana was formed. And the Well of Souls is this cool thing in Amazon DC continuity where it's it's this well of souls of women who died from abusive, di- violent deaths, and they're just waiting to be reborn as Amazons here on Themyscira. Hmm. Um, and this, I mean, I didn't think the dialogue was great, but I just like the concept of getting into Nubia, and she's now queen of the Amazons, and there's a, a terrible prophecy that's seen by their seer and to be continued. Um United States Captain America number five, the final issue of that series. That's a that was a good wrap up. It's a good just overall message about you know we need to come together and have unity and not be basically not be idiots. I like the fact that John Walker is included in that, and he's not the John Walker that's on the TV show because that's like early John Walker when he's an unlikable dick. They didn't make him an idiot in this. He's still conserv. He's still conservative, but not a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> hard hard to believe that those two are not mutually exclusive yeah yeah and it's nice to see that they included that in the unity um there was i don't remember oh i never got to suicide squad king shark oh well yeah oh we gotta talk about that because that was like okay. your highest book rating that i know that, of so far this sorry week. i sabotaged you with Billy. my uh failed nubia gag Although I want to just echo Wait, that was... the, the future state Nubia stuff was some of my more future favorite future state stuff. Hmm. And then the Stephanie Williams, Leo Williams mix up is I think what he's talking about. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, the Suicide Squad King Shark number two, I I liked it even better than the first issue. Um, it's just, it's just, there's been so much fun thought put into creating the world that King Shark comes from and his, his father, who's, I forget his name, but he's the God of all sharks and he's, and it turns out he's, and of course, I should have realized he's tied into the red, the animal, mm. kind of mystical animal realm. Um, mm. There's some great world building around that and adding to the myth of that. There's still the humor. There's still the art by, is it um, Scott Collins? Oh, which, I like which, Scott Collins' work. I think it's Scott Collins, which seems kind of Keith Giffen-esque mm-hmm. in some of the visual humor and stuff. Um, and somehow, as she always does, Amanda Waller, manipulates the god of sharks who's this huge scary shark dude up that comes like coming up to the shore and amanda waller's like no you're gonna do this and he's like ah, okay <laughs> i do like that how does, shark. how does she do it she's just a big old butthole yeah hey i'm really glad that 
uh, Andrew is editing this podcast. Andrew, thank you so much for being our producer and editor on this piece of work. You're amazing. Thank you so I'm much, Taking Will. out the next five seconds when I'm going to say some of the most horrible... Thank you so much to Nathan Butcher and William Elmer for sending emails into the podcast. Anybody can do that. Just send them in at jeff at thecomicsplace.com. You can set me up for a trap like Nathan did. You can set anybody <laughs> up for a trap, though. Um, we would love to hear from you all. You're all amazing. If you're listening at this point, that means we actually genuinely want to hear from you. So please, please do that. Um, shout out, just shout out everybody. It's great to have a week of comics. It was sort of like a smaller week of comics. Not a single image book came out this week, which is bizarre. Uh, paper shortages are a thing. Books are a thing. So uh, also five week months are a thing. But thank yeah. you for sending those emails in, and we want more of them. Django, what have you got in that nice shirtless uh, home of yours? Oh, I was just going to say I forgot to give a score for um, the only comic this week with Ambush Bug. Oh. Suicide Squad number Suicide Squad. Squad. I give it a six and a half. It had nice. Ambush Bug in it. Nice. I didn't read a single book with Ambush Bug this week, which is I, I didn't either. I, I kind of feel like I, I failed. <laughs> Especially since the ongoing bit Django chose at the beginning of this was an ambush bug bit that nobody else could be a part of. <laughs> Roman could have been. God I damn it. I could have been. I should I meant to read that and eat the eat the rich and didn't get to either one of them. Mm, I want to plug Dune. I want to plug uh I haven't read Roman. that either. Um yeah, yeah. Emails, get those in. Come see us at the comic shop. The books are here. I'll be returning my copy of Superman Son of Kal-El number four, which we're totally out of at the store. So you can get that copy if you show up soon. Um, I don't know. What else we got, buddies? I uh, got nothing else, Jeff. Oh. I, uh, I'm out of I've, I've had some uh, self-imposed quarantine the last week or so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, nice mm -hmm. to be out of that with uh, mm -hmm. no no sickness and we'll be uh, trading the solo but tuesday baton this week oh yeah what you will you do it instead of me where are you so gonna be i'm going to a football game That's i thought right. that was monday it's monday night and then oh. i've got a hotel in seattle that i'm staying in um but i'll oh. you you know me i will compulsively <laughs> come down to the store oh, yeah. afterwards so yeah. uh expect me down there by my new yeah by like two or three because my new therapy oh. time is one rather than three. Oh, wow <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i feel i feel kind of boring i've done i've done nothing that would merit a post-show conversation here so oh um wow you think any of the other things that we've ever said post-show <laughs> conversation wise have merited existing well i had leftovers twice today and i'll probably Would you have leftover wise tomorrow. i had some thai food and then i had some noodles that i made you know what i had for dinner today what a can of peas oh that's it I, that's it i love peas though oh well, well good then it's pronounced Apes, I had I really think. bad heartburn. This is the bad part of the podcast. Let's get out of here. Hey, everybody, thanks for writing in. We'll see you all next week for 246. William Elmer, thank you for your emails about time and space and questions. Nathan, thank you. Um, very excited for Inferno number two next week. Until then, I am Jeff. I'm Roman. I'm Django. And I was wondering, do you think... We never use the voice for the dog thing. Oh. <laughs> do you think that bats... Sounds like Jeff just talking, or do you think bats sounds like what Roman says to cats when he's pretending that he's doing the voice of a cat? Meow. Write in and tell us. Yeah, that made sense. <laughs> um, I, 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 everything to me is just Barry's voice. Quit talking about me, you piece of shit. I'm out. You know, I believe there's an IP license or something. I think there's money that you owe me. You got darn dog, man. Bye. Bye.